And welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for joining us today. And joining us now here as we continue our coverage from the National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention in Kansas City, Missouri, Josh Linville, VP of Fertilizer at StoneX. Josh, good to see you, buddy. You too, man. We do this on the radio all the time, but I uh, finally get to do it in person. I was to say, every couple of months uh, we get to see each other in person, so yeah. that's a good thing. And you brought, uh, brought a friend along as well, Mike Castle, Market Intelligence Senior uh, Fertilizer Analyst with StoneX as well. Mike, it's good to talk with you too. Yep. Great to be here. I was going to say, I've heard your name and, and seen your name on, on stuff before and emails and whatnot, so great to uh, put a face with the, with the name and uh, sit down and have a conversation here with you guys today. And let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in this marketplace. Uh, a lot of things on the fertilizer side, obviously a lot of things on the grain side too. Um, Josh, I'll kind of start with you on the, on the fertilizer side here. I know as we're getting fall nitrogen going and uh, a lot of uh, this late season field work and thinking about next year, uh, there's a lot of decisions being made right now with in terms of fertilizer, isn't there? Yeah, and it's that weird part of the year where we kind of have to take a step back and let the process go, right? Fall applications rolling and hydrous, phosphate, potash. And so we kind of take a back seat and start to see what happens because how good or bad the fall application is tells a lot of the story as we start moving into January, February, March for next year. So that's kind of where we're at right now. We're waiting to see how some of these things play out. So far, so good. Really good weather patterns, really good stories of demand out there. People are working through their inventory. So it looks like by all accounts, it's going to be a very strong fall application season. Later on down the road, we're watching the world. We've got China, whose government has blocked urea and phosphate exports now. Mm-hmm. Europe, as of yesterday, a plant in Italy owned by Yara announced that they're going to shut down their nitrogen production facility because of economic reasons. That's a little bit spooky that maybe we're starting to find the bottom of the thing. Still a lot of tension in the Middle East. So while things have quieted down, there's a lot of things on the horizon we're watching that can certainly disrupt this thing in a matter of hours. Very, very true. Well, and, and watching... Uh, logistics and things as well and the, the river situation we talked about that and, and you know Mike I can kind of throw this to you I know that uh, a lot of what's happening in the fertilizer markets can correlate itself to the grain markets too and just and watching things and I know South America of course is a hot topic and we think about supplies that need to go to South America for their season but if they have delays what could that do to you know, things in the U.S., there's there's a lot tied in with this, the global picture for fertilizer and how it ties itself into commodities and more, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, that there of obviously the big story on the grain side here recently has been watching South American forecasts. Obviously, Brazil, extremely dry, with them being such a big importer on, um, you know, fertilizers across the board as they kind of get into this position of delaying soybean plantings that has the potential to delay the following corn crop plantings as well, which means, you know, if they do, you know, shift out of corn in favor of soybeans, just the lower input requiring crop, um, you know, do we see a delay in urea imports? Do we see a delay in that fertilizer demand, which just comes at a very quiet time, obviously, of, you know, kind of now that that big Indian tender is out of the way, the next big thing is, okay, is Brazil going to step in? Is Europe going to step in? Do we see it come to null? Are we going to see it in the U.S.? And, you know, we kind of hit this quiet time. And as Josh always touches on, the fertilizer market does not do very well with those quiet times. So. <laughs> no, it does not. Well, and I wonder, too, if we do have a, a big South American weather story come to fruition here, 
how big of an impact could that potentially have on the fertilizer market here? So some of our growers in the U.S. are looking at things right now for next year. What if we do have a massive weather story that holds here in South America? How big of an impact is that on the fertilizer markets, do we think? I know we're conjecturing a little bit, but what do you think? Right. It, it comes down to just how bad is it? Is it just enough where we start to start move some of the corn acres to soybeans, if that becomes a story? Phosphate potash is going to take a little bit of a hickey, but it's going to be more of a nitrogen-based story. And so then the question becomes, well, does North America become even more of a dumping ground? My flip side of that story would be if Brazil doesn't raise it, does that mean North America is going to start stepping in, taking the difference of it, and their demand starts to pop up? So we kind of need these vessels to come in. But, yeah, we all of a sudden start talking about that complete failure. That's a whole new story altogether. I mean, it's a lot of moving parts. It's all kind of theoretical. Got to see how it plays out. And, you know, I, at the end of the day, I sure hope it's something we're kind of theorizing about and it never actually happens. Well, and as we think about things, uh, for farmers making – marketing decisions i know a lot of this will go in and tie into what they're doing for next year as well with their inputs etc so from a from a grain and fertilizer perspective here mike what what do folks need to think about right now uh, as they're looking at their marketing plan and thinking about decisions for next year etc talk overall uh, about that what what do they really need to think about right now? Yeah, really, I would say the biggest thing to watch here in just the next month or so is what rainfall we do see in Brazil. Obviously, it's been a story kind of like we saw here in the U.S. through May-June, where it was, you know, nearby we stayed very, very hot, very dry, um, but the deferred forecast kept looking great, right? There's always this promise for rain in the, you know, 11 to 15-day forecast or so, and we've seen the same thing playing out in Brazil, where, okay, the market's not going to get too concerned because there's, you know, plenty of rain in the forecast, but it's just not verifying. It's not coming to fruition when we actually get there. Um, and we've seen some very, very high temps and again, that ongoing dryness. But we are seeing a shift, uh, you know, even just today to again, forecasts looking a bit more favorable here around, you know, our Thanksgiving, uh, them finally getting some better rains here next week. Um, and the other thing I guess that is worth pointing out is just how much excess rain they get in that center west region. You know, we kind of think of, you know, when you look at an anomaly map, let's say, you know, here in the U.S., we don't necessarily get a whole lot of extra rain to raise our crops. Mm -hmm. They're in a bit of a different situation. So, you know, them getting slightly below normal rainfall isn't as big of a deal as here if they're getting more than enough to grow it. So that's another thing is kind of looking at your total precip instead of anomalies down there uh, just to kind of see those rainfalls. You might see a map that looks really ugly, uh, you know, if it's an anomaly, if it's some kind of percentage difference from normal versus, okay, they're still getting several inches of rain. Um, but again, some areas have missed out. It's been very spotty. But really the biggest thing here in the next month is just watching if those forecasts verify to go ahead and finish soybean plantings, um, you know, get that crop off to a good start and then allow for the subsequent corn plantings after. Guys, uh, do appreciate the time. Thanks for joining me here uh, at the NAFB convention in Kansas City and giving us some perspective on, on the grains and the fertilizer markets. Josh Linville, Mike Castle with StoneX. Thank you both, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Thanks, bud. Yep, thank you. And once again, Josh Linville and Mike Castle, both with StoneX, joining us from the NAFB convention in Kansas City, Missouri. And coming up here the rest of this week, we're going to have more conversations uh, to recap from the NAFB convention here on American Ag Today. Coming up tomorrow, uh, we will have a conversation with Megan Kaiser, the chair of the United Soybean Board, as I sat down with her last week in Kansas City, Missouri, at the NAFB convention. So looking forward to that discussion. 
discussion and many more coming up here in the next few days on American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. I'm Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.